This is a podcast where real doctors discuss fake medical emergencies. That means that unless you caught parrot fever in the rafters of Radio City Music Hall, this podcast is not medical advice. If you need medical advice or medical care, please contact your doctor. Hi, everybody. I'm Jackson Vane. I'm Johnny Kolosinski. You might remember me from such podcasts as Spocky Horror Picture Show, a retelling of Star Trek starring Tim Curry as our favorite Vulcan. (laughs) (laughs) I'd watch that. (laughs) This is Hi Everybody, a Bad Medicine podcast. Every week we talk about what Hollywood gets right and wrong about medicine and how the body works. You can find this podcast online at Hi Everybody MD on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, or at www.hieverybodymd.com. If you want to call us, talk to us, give us suggestions, whatever, call us at 530-DOCTORB. That is 530-D-O-C-T-O-R-B. The B stands for bumblin'. As in two bumbling Because <laughs> <laughs> it's that time of the year again. Yes. Happy ho, 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 Sember. Uh, <laughs> Wait, I'm sorry. That's what we're calling it? <laughs> yep. That's what we're calling it. I love it. I, I, I've embraced it. I've embraced it. <laughs> uh, where we're talking uh, Home Alone 2, uh, Lost in New York. And with us once again are Dr. Greg Winter. Hi, everybody. I decided not to Dr. Nick it this time. You kind of did. I know. It's hard to not. (laughs) And Dr. Courtney Nicholas. Hi, everybody. Jackson, I know why we are discussing Home Alone 2, but why are we discussing Home Alone 2? Because it's Christmas and we did Home Alone last year. (laughs) That's that's my answer. I have no witty comment for it other than um, I felt like it's, it's time. And better do home alone 2 than all the other extra home alones and home alone 3. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We saw the next like coming up part and it did not look good. I figured after home alone 1 you guys wouldn't have had me back. I think <laughs> no. after home alone 1 I felt like none of us would have been back. <laughs> that one we was all a mess. got fired from our own show. Yeah, I feel like that's what probably would happen. But Johnny, you want to set up this movie? Home alone 2 is the story of two bumbling thieves. Uh, who escape from prison and then they go to New York. And then there's this kid in New York who they knew from Chicago and stuff gets weird. I believe it's pronounced two bumbling thieves. (laughs) My friends are going to be really mad that I gave that joke away to you guys. (laughs) You gave it away to everybody. It's our our standard fake voice that we use, or at least for me, because I can't do any of the other ones. (laughs) This is another film we discussed in Home Alone 1, lost in my house that the everything that we remember from home alone one took place in the last 14 minutes of the movie yes Yes. uh in this case everything that we so all of the shenanigans all of the damage that gets done to harry and marv happens between uh a minute 81 of the film and minute 105 so about 24 minutes but I found rewatching this, and I don't know if you feel the same way, that I didn't remember any of the injuries from this movie, and all I remembered was Tim Curry. I, I actually was thinking, I mean, I know that I've seen the sort of montage of injury scenes, but I don't think I ever sat through this whole movie as a movie. <laughs> as much in the beginning. Oh, I, I mean, I realize that, but I like I don't think I ever actually did. I think I, at some point I just watched the, the ending of it on, on VHS. I remember the talk boy. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, but I remember the talk boy from the commercial. I don't yeah. remember it from the movie. Yeah. I had a talk boy. You had a talk boy? I had a talk boy. Uh, it, it was my first foray into podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> did you slow it down or speed it up? I, I, I slowed it down. How many hotel rooms did you book? 
dozens, <laughs> dozens. I, I remember very vividly that Tiger commercial where it's like, hi, kids, we're home early. And the mm-hmm. two teenagers are making out on the couch. And it's like, this is a creepy commercial. <laughs> like, yeah. you, you'll see. It's on. You'll, mem- you'll find the it. The memory's just like flooded back <laughs> right when you said it, too. I'm like, Stop oh, God. drooling on me. Oh, my God. Like- <laughs> <laughs> That's right. It's a good thing. This movie should have been Home Alone 2. It's a good thing Kevin recorded that. It's like yeah. two, so many uh, so many things that are so like inconsequential that are the perfect soundbite to play. I, I wish I had that kind of luck. Home Alone 2, the Nixon tapes. <laughs> <laughs> Home Aloneer. Home Alone with a Vengeance? That's the third one. Home Aloneer, Die Hard? Wait, no. That's Live Free or Die Hard. <laughs> it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Live Free home or Home Alone. Is alone. That's the, that's die the hard, one. Though. There you go. <laughs> Live Free or Home Alone. Is it it is. It is basically Die Hard. I was thinking in the middle of this, like, is is Kevin McAllister just a prequel to MacGyver? Mm. <laughs> I love how it's just dead. Clearly not. After that. Clearly not. <laughs> yeah, we had to give no, that its yes. time. <laughs> yeah, John, everyone had to John process. McClane no, I'm not. I, it, it's not. Look, I love Die Hard. Very different movie. Kevin McAllister is doing is making something out of nothing. Like he is yeah. he is setting up a mousetrap of a house maze and, and not just like mousetrap to catch mice. Mousetrap. I mean mousetrap the board game. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> of course. Rube Goldberg. Um, yes, exactly. Oh, I mean, just, it is the same. Get the kid a like, paper and clip and chewing gum. And... If they get hit in the face here, then that means they're going to fall down the stairs, and then I get a piece of toast. <laughs> <laughs> um, can we start from the beginning with this whole movie, though? Uh, yeah, I want to start actually from the very beginning, okay. like the opening credits. The first thing I noticed was that this was so early in Rob Schneider's career that Kieran Culkin got credited before him. Oh, <laughs> he, he plays a good schmarmy dick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you look at Rob Schneider and, and you want to punch him in the face. And that's what they want you to do. It's, so it's, yeah, I mean, he's doing it. I mean, I still kind of want to now. Sorry, yeah. Rob Schneider. I mean, I'm sure he's a lovely guy. Maybe vaccinate. He's a, <laughs> did you say he's he's anti-vax. Yeah, I yeah. did not know that. Yeah. I'm not sure that he's a lovely guy. Just you don't have to get medical advice from famous people. Yeah. In fact, right. that's probably not where you should get it. Don't don't get yeah. that type of advice from celebrities, and don't get celebrity advice from me. Yeah. Simple <laughs> as that. Get medical advice from this show because we told you that at the beginning of the show. That is the that's a good first point. thing you hear from us. This is also one of those houses. I feel like would get a lot of CPS calls. <laughs> <laughs> you lost a child. You left the child home alone to fend for himself. Um, clearly, there's a history of violence in that house because during the Christmas program, he punches his brother, which causes a domino effect, and every single kid yeah. falls. All those kids have weak knees. <laughs> down. Is there a technical term for that in pediatrics? Weak knees, <laughs> <laughs> but smaller. But- Weenies. <laughs> <laughs> My first medical note on this movie was, why doesn't Kevin have a therapist? Because he's talking to the camera most of the time. It's, he might he might have a mental disorder. The fourth wall is the therapist. <laughs> Who needs a therapist when you got a talk boy? <laughs> <laughs> so watching or like seeing it this time is a, was a sort of very different experience where it's like, Kevin's not a cool kid. He's just kind of a jerk who's mouthing off to his parents all the time. Yeah. Like, yeah, I get why he got left at home because he's a, he's a jerk. He's like a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> I actually wrote... The first hour is just a misbehaving child and a mouthy one at, at it, too. Uh, the first 75 minutes. Sorry. The first 75 <laughs> minutes were just mouthy children, like a really mouthy child. Like, he had to learn that from somebody. Unless he's talking to an endearing older person. 
with pigeons. With pigeons or with a toy store. Yeah, that's, oh, yeah. that's true. He does have a lot of respect for his very elders, but not for his parents. Although when you see how his parents talk to the police, you kind of see where he gets it from. Yeah, it, my uh, it, my note was how bad of a mom Catherine O'Hara is. I'm not going to comment on that. <laughs> the, her Why? character. Why? Her character. So after the punching buzz incident, her reaction is, we had a problem last year. Yeah, <laughs> the problem was you left me at home, Mom. <laughs> it's like, we didn't have a problem. You left your nine-year-old. <laughs> right, <laughs> exactly. How old was he in this one, 10? 10. I mean, I, I was actually impressed because it's essentially the same plot. Of course, that's a sequel mm-hmm. for you. But like, they wrote a reasonable reason for him to somehow get separated from his family for a second year in a row. Like, yeah. I was, I was totally on board for all of that. Yeah. I mean, it, it makes sense pre-9-11. Um, <laughs> Absolutely. Post-9-11, probably not so much. But the the idea of him getting on the wrong plane is feasible, I suppose. Every, everybody's just being a little bit too lazy, but also in reasonable ways. Like, yeah. eh, everything's fine. Get on the plane. Yeah. So my uncle got on the wrong plane once. <laughs> Tried to go to Hawaii. and got up on the plane in his Hawaiian shirt. And he looked around. And after takeoff, he noticed that everyone on the plane... We're wearing suits and overcoats. <laughs> and my uncle did not end up in Hawaii. He ended up in Chicago in the middle of winter. I was so say Kauai. pre pre nine eleven, it definitely was possible <laughs> to end up wow. on the wrong plane. Did they not check his ticket? I don't know what happened. This I mean, it's only, just one of those. Only like, part you know, of the you... story that I know is that he ended up in Chicago. <laughs> I'm sure the people taking tickets aren't expecting someone to not have the right ticket, yeah. and you mm-hmm. know, you're not expecting it to get on the wrong plane. And they handled and, it and very they well. Have the scanners. Where, exactly where all of the boarding passes just fell into a pile, and you need to make your time and right. I can believe it. I can. Me too. Uh, now, did he, when he showed up in Chicago, end up booking a suite at the nicest hotel in town with Absolutely. your grandpa's credit card? Yes, with the credit card. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, I'm trying to think, like, what the nicest hotel is. In Chicago? Yeah. <laughs> that's sort of the other thing. Like, this movie doesn't work unless Kevin steals money from his parents, which is not, yeah. like, there was no reason for him to do that. He's just a jerk. He's no. just a bad kid. No, but if you counter a bad deed with a good deed, it all goes away. And he donated The ends money. do not justify the means, Jackson. No, that's, <laughs> that's what Homeless Pigeon Lady said. <laughs> okay, not a philosophy podcast, but I really want someone to do a podcast on Home Alone 2 and utilitarianism. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, I'm down. Yeah. I'll do it. <laughs> um, how did he book a room? He did, yeah. I mean, I would say, yeah, he definitely stole money from his parents. Uh, but they explained that, too. He had the bag with him because he was looking for credit for a battery. No, he. there was a very clear, he just stole money from, look, this has nothing to do with medicine. Don't steal money from people. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, so We are giving advice. We were, t- <laughs> fair enough. Don't steal money from people. I, was, I will stand behind that. I'm okay with, with That's that. That's a bold statement. <laughs> um, but, you know, you were saying that, kind of none of the Home Alone 1 stuff happens until way later in the movie. Although none of the Home Alone 1 stuff happens until way later in Home Alone 1 also. Right. But in the beginning of this, there's two things that do happen. As Kevin has this really weird push of buzz, which I'm going to talk about later because there's a lot of face face punching in this movie. And it, yeah. I think the other example is a little yeah. bit better. 
And the other thing that happens is is the um, the pianist falls off of the stage, and she is a lady of a certain age, and it is entirely possible she's on you know aspirin for heart disease or something like that. She falls backwards off the stage, falls about three or four feet, and lands directly on her head. There's a good chance she's dead. After getting <laughs> smacked in the head with that big plywood tree. Yeah, the tree doesn't matter. It's fa- falling backwards onto the back of your head from a stage that could kill you. I would agree, especially if she had like if she was on blood thinners for sure. Like, that's the kind of patient that would end up through the the donut of truth. Yeah, that's right away. that's the person that uh, I feel fine, and then they don't wake up later. Yeah, the donut of truth being an MRI, CT, CT, <laughs> donut of truth. Yeah, I've never heard that. The donut I of love truth, it. the answer donut. I thought the donut of truth is the MRI. I thought that's the no, that's the tunnel of truth. Uh, oh. I'm, I'm so glad I asked a follow-up question. <laughs> the MRI is a longer tunnel and it's oh, very I, claustrophobic. Yeah. Now, now that you said it, I understand. Yeah. That's a tunnel. So it's like truth. a crawler of truth, and you're the cream filling. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was gonna say you're the pig in the blanket. That also works too. Yeah. You but, have to you have to kind of tuck kids in before they go to the MRI. Mm-hmm. You really burrito them. You burrito wrap them real good. You, the other thing we'll do sometimes too is we call it the Superman cape. We slide their arms into a pillowcase and then tell them to lie down so that when they lie down, they can't move their arms because their their own body weight is preventing their arms from slipping out of the pillowcase. So they're stuck like that. Then we wrap them in a blanket to really make sure they're really stuck. And usually I think the I know first... you can never find ho- uh, find pillows at the hospital. <laughs> that, yeah, you can't find pillows. Pillowcases, however, plentiful. All the pillowcases are in the tunnel of truth. Yeah. And then we wrap them up in that. And the first thing they immediately say after we wrap them up is we have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> and I say, you're bluffing. And then... Because you're never getting them back in that pillowcase. <laughs> All right. But put your arms back in the pillowcase and lay down. Though, one out of every five times, they're not bluffing. <laughs> <laughs> and they will go. Then you do have to unwrap them and then get them new pants because they went in their pants. That's all right. Pants are free at the hospital. It's really hard to find pants. Or pillowcases. And pillowcases, yes. Easy to find. <laughs> Pillows, super hard to find. So, so pianist lady... <laughs> I'm sorry. I laugh I'm at sorry. my head what every time you guys say that. <laughs> uh, so mature. The 64-year-old piano player. Yeah. Uh, um, so the piano player is probably in trouble. You're saying, Greg? Yeah. I. I mean, she's dead. She because it's it's also it's not that. I mean, she had. It's not the most significant fall, but she like fell, whipped back, and hit her head. She's. So I will say she's she's much more injured than the hilarity of the scene. There was a lot of head injuries in there, this movie. There's yeah. a, there's but you're a right. Lot of the back trauma. of the skull is the weakest part, right? The front is the strongest. The, str- as far the front as... is pretty strong. Um, the back has a lot of stuff that can, like, is kind of important, like your cerebellum back there and whatnot too. And but basilar skull fracture. Basilar right? skull fracture. It's all coming back to anywhere me. down, like yeah, on the face, like the base of the skull, anywhere bad because that's you get where your the raccoon eyes. Yep. Raccoon eyes, battle sign, all that stuff. I'm remembering. Yep. We don't do a lot of you this. You guys should get a real ER doctor to comment on stuff. <laughs> How, to, <laughs> How dare you? Um, I will say we did have one patient. Uh, it was like a 75-year-old grandfather who was visiting his grandson pre-COVID times, was on blood thinners, was sleeping in the same bed as the grandson, rolled off, landed on the back of his head. He was lucid, but then as we were getting him packaged up to go to the adult facility, he started getting tired and drowsy. There was... Um, so one of the things that I tell my friends' dads, like anyone that's still trying to sort of be the tough man on the block and putting up their Christmas lights and stuff, 
Like, I, like, no, you're too old to do this. You, you have made enough money in your life to hire someone to put up Christmas lights or just don't put up Christmas lights. But if you fall off a ladder, that is, that's the end for you. At the very least, you have a horrible hip fracture or arm fracture. But most of the time, you just die from a whip head injury into the concrete. That's a lot of whip head. <laughs> this movie. But yeah. Do people respond to you're too old for this? Because I, I, I don't, I, don't. I, I don't say that. I don't say that. What I usually say is, you're you know too what? Old you're and decrepit. No, I say, you know, you're at a time in your life where you can pay other people to do this kind of work for you. And if you fell down, you would have a, a more significant injury than you think. My stepdad, actually, I, I think he would have been in his 40s, maybe early 50s. He fell off the ladder, putting up the Christmas lights, broke his clavicle and multiple ribs. I mean, and that's at, as a relatively young guy. I am a doctor. I sometimes know what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that old lady is. I'm a doctor and I sometimes fall off the ladders. <laughs> right. <laughs> Courtney, you're getting to that age too. <laughs> <laughs> you're too old for that. I don't get on my ladder either. <laughs> I have one. It's nice. I often want to use it. I borrowed it. It hung up on my roof. It was great. I didn't fall. So, uh, Greg, you said you also wanted to talk about Buzz's getting punched oh yeah yeah that'll, that'll come up later i i mean it's it's kevin is is throwing a punch at buzz right and then the scene cuts and you know it's it was like it's hollywood so it doesn't matter punch push. and so then his his punch really changes and so it's not really a good punch and there's a scene later in the movie which probably i should just talk about now because i'm already talking about it but um when marv comes up behind that lady he initially met in in central park he comes up to her mm-hmm. for, or when when uh, kevin grabs her behind because he's trying to he's trying to get away from the two bumbling thieves that's going for that sweet can that's the first time i've said that without using that accent it felt weird (laughs) you had a a little bit of the accent though i heard it um so so when kevin's going to grab to grab her behind she turns around and she she hits marv and so then there's like the hollywood cheat where you you show it from the side and she like punches him across the face because he's not really hitting him obviously but she hits Mm -hmm. him basically with the outside of her hand which that's a pretty standard way to fracture your hand so you you get what's called a boxer's fracture Mm -hmm. um and you fracture the the last i i'm so bad at anatomy the last metacarpal correct okay (laughs) i I did not do good in anatomy i was waiting for you to say i'm like (laughs) um so yeah the things that actually make up your fingers are the Phalanges. Phalanges. Ooh, that one I was going to mess up for <laughs> sure. But the the ones that are actually in like the palmy part of your hand are called metacarpals. And so that last one, the one that makes up your pinky, if you hit somebody and your, and your fist isn't quite locked in straight with your wrist or you just hit them with part of your hand, it's really easy to fracture that. And she would have 100% fractured hers. Hmm. Yeah, we see that a lot in the ER. Usually it's from punching walls. Um, <laughs> and that's why we always tell patients, if you fight a wall, you will lose. <laughs> it's, it's true or if you keep your hands straight then you won't lose as badly aren't you supposed to like tuck your thumb in too? you do not tuck you, you never tuck your, th- tuck, your your thumb thumb tuck your that's how you break your thumb tuck your thumb into your how fist. do you hold it then I, like this like, this. like your thumb I, on the, this is a good this is a great medium to explain this by going <laughs> oh hold your fist like this mm-hmm. Guys, there's other ways to solve your problems instead of punching people but don't put your thumb on the inside of your fist if you're going to do anything yeah. with it. That's it, how you break your thumb. those options. <laughs> so yeah, your fourth and your fifth metacarpals are the ones most likely to break with any kind of boxer's fracture. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's called a boxer's fracture. Yeah. So yeah, she would have broke that. And who, who else got punched? She punched twice. Right? She, she I slapped, think she slapped, slapped in the first time. She slapped, slapped first, punched twice, punched the second time. Yes. And uh, the other thing that's always that Hollywood trope is 
the minute you get knocked out, which I think Marv was pretty stunned, they just get up and they keep going again. And that mm-hmm. was the thing we kind of mentioned in, was it Bond? I think it was Bond. Long, long, long ago. Um, where they just get up and they kind of carry on with their day. But really, you're going to be real fuzzy and real, like, just foggy all day long after getting yeah. Yeah, that's the, that's the concussion part of getting hit in the head is is uh, your your brain is swelling up a little bit. It's not uh, it's not doing what it normally does, or at least it's not doing it very efficiently. And so you're confused and fuzzy, and that's why people need to keep an eye on you. And they already were kind of going to be fuzzy because earlier in that scene, that was the pearl necklace scene too. Yeah, that was their <laughs> that, the first injury was the they both landed flat on their back uh, because Kevin dropped a bunch of pearl like cut pearl necklaces fake pearl necklaces that he bought on the street i mean the floor was already icy yeah i was just thinking i'm from chicago and you don't need to drop pearls on the ground to make yeah. people fall there's there's plenty of ice the black ice will get you it's not as pretty from a hollywood standpoint <laughs> it's true it really lets you see what's happening and kevin is the one controlling it so people from california are like what happened <laughs> right exactly <laughs> that's probably what it is people from from anywhere that doesn't have snow and ice is just like why did he fall down i don't get it <laughs> Um, uh, Kevin's the only one who actually takes a fall just because of ice and not You're right. ice that's a prop or that, that is planned that in was advance, white ice. not uh, premeditated ice. And he's from the suburbs of Chicago in this movie, so he would have known. He's grown up yeah. with it. So the piano player was Kevin's first kill <laughs> <laughs> in this film. Yes. I believe so. And because they were on that stage to begin with, and, and it looked like, although like the kids were just kind of falling down, it also feels like part of that little makeshift stage collapsed. He might have gotten a couple in that just overall collapse. I but really, that, that lady definitely definitely got hurt. I think um, just seeing that reminds me of the funniest injuries I'll get during Christmas play season, is we'll get a lot of kids that pass out a lot, too, during this time of year. Because they lock their knees. Because they all singing. lock their knees, and then they pass out and take out other kids with them, too. <laughs> On the risers. On the risers, oh, wow. yeah. So they'll, like, stand up, sing, haven't, like, moved around or bounced around. Because, like, you know, they tell you, stand up straight, don't bounce around, look like you're singing, paying attention. And they lock their knees, and they all pass out. I don't... Why does locking your knees mean anything? I don't know anything so about So the this. reason why you pass out is you're not getting blood back. So you have little valves in your veins. So when you move your legs, you're pumping the blood up the veins. So you're returning blood back into your heart. Oh. So if you're not bouncing up and down and you lock your knees, you're not returning blood back into your heart. Or in, at least into the vena cava to get back to your heart. So that's the reason why people pass out. My dad was military, and this used to happen in training all the time, too. <laughs> I had to teach the recruits to bend your knees. Don't just stand Also happened at band camp a lot. <laughs> yeah, but. But we get so many silly injuries during Christmas play season, and they usually come at night very well-dressed. I love that there is something called Christmas play season. It, it happens. We'd be in it now, except. Yeah, there's no there's no Christmas play. And if they, Virtual Christmas play season. Yeah, but they're going to be sitting down or standing somewhere. And if they pass out, it's just they're only going to take down what the Christmas tree. They're not going to take down anybody else. They only fall into their computer. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. In Christmas Zoom play season. It's it's the same well dressed parents, but only from the top up and uh, pajama pants under the jacket. Yeah, pretty much. But that is a very common thing we'll see around this time of year, except not this year. Shortly after, is there anything else we want to talk about? Pre from from the first nuts. three minutes of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. no, I mean Buzz, so Buzz is a psychopath. so little happens for such a long time in this yeah. movie. Um, we all agree that the McAllister family is the Irish mob, correct? 
What? No, <laughs> I do not I mean, agree with that. Dad's that. rolling in cash. He's he's carrying uh, what, at least ten grand in an envelope. He did have a lot of money for no Today's real right reason. Now. Although you used to have to take cash on trips, not to Florida. Exactly, like, Florida still has U.S. dollars. Credit cards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Unless you need like itchy and scratchy dollars, you're fine. Yeah, I, I definitely remember my. Checks. I remember my dad bringing travelers checks when we. My went. dad would always bring travelers yeah. checks. American Express. Ooh. I don't. I feel like people wouldn't even take those anymore. They'd <laughs> be like, no. "That's play money." Do they even exist anymore? I'm sure they do. <laughs> I don't know. I've never had to. Get <laughs> a I will say I with confidence, I'm sure they do. I just wrote a check for the first time in two years today. So. But yeah, like he had a lot of money. Yeah, his brother owns a brownstone in New York. That's really dilapidated. Because they were doing Under renovations. Renovation. Wait, was that his brother's house? Was it, that his yeah. uncle's house? Yeah. Yeah, that was his uncle's house. I missed that. <laughs> but that is, of course, the house that that particular guy would own. He was... No, oh, not Uncle Frank. Oh, okay, okay. No. Not not the one with the pee pants kid? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, un- Uncle Frank is problematic. He is. Yes. <laughs> what you did know, he say? Oh, if you see me... If Kevin sees his uncle naked, he would never be able to look at a real man again or something like that. That part. It was something real, like just yeah, creepy it, uncle. It, I, again, Kevin needs a therapist. Yeah, Kevin. Kevin does need a therapist. Kevin needs to be removed from this home. Is what really needs to happen. <laughs> That's you know, child protective services. Well, yeah, he has been removed from the home. That's the premise of three movies. <laughs> <laughs> Two movies. They had to get a new kid because he got removed mm-hmm. finally at the end of the second movie, and they had to use a new kid for the third one. That's that is my new head cannon. <laughs> I mean, it makes sense. The characters aren't allowed to have children anymore. It's okay. They have enough. <laughs> yeah, they do. Uh, they, they have spares. Oh, um, going back to New York. Um, <laughs> after he was running away from the Sticky Bandits and then got into the hotel after they were trying to all tackle him and whatnot. Did you notice he was sliding on carpet? I did not. So he slid He slid on the, the marble floor and then in directly into the elevator. And the elevator is fully carpeted and he slid all the way into the elevator. He's going to have some hot foot. I know that. Yeah, so, this, so, this no, no, it's not hot foot. It's hot tum-tum. Because <laughs> his belly's going to have he's, some he is, rub. He's going he's gonna to fall face first. Um, as someone who grew up in a house that had some hardwood floors, we did some carpets. We did some sock sliding. And you learn, you learn pretty fast that you can't transition from... From the hardwood to the carpet, you can transition from the tile to the car or to the to the hardwood, but there is no carpet transition. Did you do risky business? No, no, we were we were not really a TV household. Our our parents took the cord for the television, so we couldn't use it when they were gone, which only created more mischief. Yeah, I can see that. I hear about parents um, when they punish their kids, they take away the chargers for their devices instead of taking away the actual devices. Well, so then you the, just watch yeah. the fear in the child's eyes. That's, <laughs> that's like a certain type of mental torture, right? To <laughs> you gotta get the battery. You gotta get the cables out because then you can just get a battery pack and then they're fine. Or charge it. Into I mean, or just don't buy your kids stuff like that. That's the other thing you could do. I mean, you're not supposed to. Technically, you're not supposed to give any kid under the age of 13 access to social media. That is the AAP recommendations. Also, that's why when you sign up for an account on Gmail or whatever, it says, "Are you at least 13 years old?" That's part of it. I I don't think we should give anyone access to social media. Like any kid under the age of like 113. <laughs> if you're 113, go and say whatever you want. You've earned it. Yeah. <laughs> How about when you get to the point that you're too old to climb a ladder? Then you're ready for social media. Nope. Nope. 
I'm, I'm as someone who took themselves off of social media a couple of years ago. I'm making no comments. <laughs> That's um, like prime age for re. Was it resharing videos of stupid medical stuff? That is prime age. Gonna, <laughs> it, gonna, it's post prime age for goop. Yes, but... I don't want to even touch goop right now. <laughs> I, goop is Gwyneth Paltrow's health. I know website. what goop is. I just have. I have no comment. I don't want to deal with that one right now. Before we get into the actual, you know, part of the movie that we're here to talk about, I a lot of people say that Donald Trump is the only cast member of Home Alone 2 to ever be impeached by Congress. And that's true. <laughs> but he's actually the only cast member of any John Hughes directed or produced film to ever be impeached by Congress. And I think that's impressive. You know, you got to take your small victories wherever you can get them. <laughs> So speaking of small victories, small tubes, what a transition. That was good. <laughs> uh, getting into the 91st minute of the film. Yeah, when, when he's like when setting up the house. Actually, I think it's, yeah, I think he's going to set up the house. He climbs into the tube. And there was, in my house, there was this old, um, it was like a shaftway between the first floor and the second floor in the closet. And you had to kind of shimmy up the wall and it just... It really brought me back home. Like for laundry? No, it was just like a weird secret passageway that was it. I have no idea. I have no idea why it was there. How many dead animals did you find? No there? dead animals. Dead I people. assume you also had stairs. We did also have stairs, yes. But so it was like, have but, to, but Greg but was you, not allowed to use those stairs. Yeah. stairs. No yeah. TV, no Greg media, stairs. no stairs. <laughs> I mean, I was allowed to watch TV. I, my dad listens to this, and I, then I would have to hear that. <laughs> I'll cut that bit. No, no, that's no, okay. No, that's <laughs> oh no, I mean just the dad say, the the part where you were saying that you were allowed to watch TV. <laughs> so, uh, so shimmying up that tube probably feasible. That tube is not of. that stable. It's really not that. It's not that sturdy. You need to be able to push out hard enough to to support your body weight. The thing is, yeah. Kevin's really teeny, so maybe I don't know. I've but never it's not been like in a one of those slides at like McDonald's play place. Right. You it's, know? Yeah, it's it is not like, a it's not a rigid plastic tube, but maybe there was like framework or something in it. It had a little. It's all right. It's not a physics podcast. I just it just really brought me back home for a second cuz my home had a bunch of tubes. <laughs> <laughs> to do that in doorways like shimmy up yeah. the doorway yeah. it, it was like the Never similar sort of thing except floor. for it was in a closet like i have no idea there was a i have no idea why there was a hole there wait can, before we go through all the traps and stuff there was one thing that kind of bothered me was just the the general portray portrayal of the homeless people and their mental health and whatnot because like when he was walking through central park at night like you had one guy who was really aggressive um you had the taxi driver with the one good eye the taxi driver was also hey. bleeding from a head wound yeah <laughs> I should not have been driving. Sorry, sorry, Johnny. You're not going to be a taxi driver. It's, it's not going to happen. Um, but like, they had people like hallucinating, kind of. Mm -hmm. And then um, my favorite quote was, "They had a lot of aggressive prostitutes. I mean, I'm sorry, aggressive sex workers." <laughs> yes. I, I mean, they the the problem I had with all of it was just it was a very stereotypical portrayal of all like homeless people being this kind of. Mm -hmm destitute, aggressive, hallucinating people. And that's not always the case, but the way they kind of sold it was just very over the top. And I think part of it is you look at it like this is a movie told from Kevin's perspective and that's probably how it all would seem to him. But like, eh, there's plenty of normal, nice, homeless people too. Yeah. They're just people that don't have homes. I mean, he does yeah. meet a nice 
homeless person with a pigeon lady. It's true, but she does kind of have a home somehow. Right. She does. Yeah, she kind with of lives poop. in Radio City Music Hall. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, I actually looked up diseases you can get while you live around that many pigeons, and there's a lot of them. I thought you were going to say you looked up diseases you could get in Radio City. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there is a lot of them. There's lot <laughs> so there's actually a lot of overlap between the two. <laughs> Depends what you do with those pigeons, but there is quite a bit of overlap. The E. coli, salmonella, um, parrot fever. I know it's with pigeons, but you can actually get parrot fever from pigeons. Isn't that what Jimmy Buffett fans have? <laughs> 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 yes. But I, I feel like that's the last place you want a young kid to hang out is in the middle of a pigeon coop, essentially, and getting all those diseases. Um, so if Kevin wasn't removed from his family, he died of parrot fever. Yes. He went to one too many Jimmy Buffett uh, <laughs> concerts at Radio City Music Hall and died of parrot fever. So now he was he, he, now he's wasted away in Margaritaville <laughs> in the sky. No, he wasted away in Margaritaville and ended up on a cheeseburger in paradise. <laughs> I mean, well done. Who knew how many references to Jimmy Buffett you both could pull out randomly? That's all who I got. Knew how who I had knew how idea. much Jimmy Buffett sung about death? <laughs> Touche. Touche. So, so we're getting into the medical bits because um, Duncan's the toy store shuts. You know, they don't lock their doors till midnight on Christmas Eve for some reason. No, because they sell twenty six dollars soap. And after Kevin has in the 20 minutes between when he decides to save the toy store and when he actually goes to save the toy store he draws up a very you know in-depth map of his plans and then makes the mousetrap house and then he breaks the window at the toy store and the two bumbum thieves come running (laughs) after him uh where we see the third their third injury that they receive of the film uh, which is when Harry jumps out, lands on the low end of Kevin's makeshift teeter-totter, and then Marv Trump jumps off this, and we... launches Harry, what, 20 <laughs> feet into the air? We're about to make after... this a physics podcast. <laughs> after Wait this happened, we, we stopped it and rewound it a couple of times. Because <laughs> it's like, first of all, all right, so you land in this precarious position. You can step off. You're on the <laughs> yeah. sidewalk. There's no reason to stay right there. And then when um, Marv, yeah, yeah. jumps mm-hmm. jumps out, it's not like he took a huge running leap. He just kind of jumps out of the way. Like you're not gonna go further than that. Marv is real dense. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's what. Marv. He's real tall. He's made of lead. A, a lot of the traps in this movie, unlike the first one, only work if Harry and Marv do exactly what right. Kevin yeah. them to do. <laughs> Exactly. I think the reason for that is that Harry and Marv sustained so many traumatic head injuries (laughs) in Home Alone One. (laughs) Putty in your hand. I mean, it's it's easy to outthink people who have had multiple concussions. Yeah, I mean, Kevin even says, "Hey, why don't you guys take the stairs?" And they go, "Yeah, okay." (laughs) This guy is hitting you in the head over and over. Don't listen to him. He has their best interests. Always. Yeah, I think this is where a lot of the the head trauma really starts, where mm-hmm. Kevin is throwing a brick down from this. I think he's on the second story. It's a tall really? two it story. It, it, it's, it's, a, it's a three yeah, story at least. It's a three story and he's on the roof. Wait, yeah. Going back before that, though, how how hard did he have to land, um, Harry, to land on to the car? To hulk out the car? Yeah, he hulked out the car. 
Okay, so I'm sitting over here thinking, okay, how can we fix this? All you had to do is move the fulcrum over towards Harry, have Merv jump further down, and he can go <laughs> as high as you want. Yeah, but it's not a physics movie. So. <laughs> it's going to be now. We fully crossed into like Wiley e. Coyote territory with yeah. this movie. And I said that wrong. You have to move the fulcrum towards Merv, and then Harry flies. Yes. You want him to land on the... You, you want he more arm to launch exactly. him up to have more... You said it right the yeah, first time. You mixed up your guys. Yeah, Harry's Wait, the wait which one's which? Harry, Harry's Joe Pesci. Yeah. So you want to move the fulcrum towards Merv, so when he jumps on it, Harry yeah, flying. Yeah, yep. yeah. And make the... Yep. Oh, yeah. See? I fixed yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you want us to draw He still needs to be denser than a normal human is the main <laughs> thing. And also, uh, Harry has to be super dense, too, to cause that much damage to the car. Yeah, if you ever so that- in their one year in prison, they did a lot of working out, which is why they can do things like climb ropes unassisted. Not just climb a rope, uh, yeah. a kerosene rope. He's got quarters a in his kerosene... pocket from stealing from Santa. Mm. <laughs> there it is. Um, well, I was—I just figured that they were in one of those prisons that was also part of the Weapon X project, and their bones are adamantium. But if both of their bones are adamantium, then we're at the same problem again. It's the same dense. Because they're equally dense. <laughs> they're equally dense, yes. <laughs> Only one of them had to go through Project X to get all that stuff. The other one's New School Wolverine, where his, his claws are made out of bone, which makes no sense. <laughs> And then he got adamantium <laughs> injected into him. Yes. No, Courtney, you don't know any you of this. Guys have lost <laughs> I know no. we're talking about Wolverine. <laughs> That's about the extent. Of Good it. enough. I'll take it. Okay, so then we're talking about him throwing the bricks off the roof. Yeah. Fantastic aim, by the way. Yeah, actually, Kevin has great aim. Mm-hmm. And I'm surprised that all Marv got away with were just little abrasions. Not even yeah, like bruises. It was like nothing, like small little linear. Findings. Yeah, we we've yeah. talked about it before. Your your scalp is kind of tight. Masculine. If you get if you if it gets like pinched. pulled or damaged or pinched, it's it's gonna open up yeah. and it's gonna bleed a lot. And he barely has any. Man, getting hit with a brick in the head would hurt so yeah. much, oh, especially right. from that height. It's Ugh. really vascular, and so you when you get cut in the head, you bleed like nothing else. Also, those bricks are real sturdy because the minute they hit his head, they didn't like crack or break or anything like that too. Because you would think it would give way a little bit. I mean, that's some uh, either I either mean, by hitting his head or the concrete. Bricks. It's yeah. also just man, that would hurt so much. I mean, how many crusties did you see? Four. I will say he has really good comedic movement timing to be hit with those bricks at every perfect like right as he's staring directly into the brick <laughs> every single yeah. time and you just see it coming too yeah like and it's the same complaint there's not enough blood yep like i think the last one nailed him right in the nose and he should have just been bleeding out of his nose i like he's- that our complaint for a child's movie is there's not enough blood yeah christopher columbus where's the gore you don't yeah you don't see a lot of the sec like a lot of times when people get injured, it takes a minute for the for the how horrible that injury to show up is. Like if you if you break your nose, somebody hits you in the face or something, at first there's nothing, then lots of blood, then lots of swelling, then like an hour later both of your eyes are black and you have bruising everywhere and it like never gets to that second stage of how bad these these injuries can get. In fact, mm-hmm. everyone improves a little bit from scene to scene. The makeup kind of runs off yeah, a little bit. You've talked on the show before about when someone has a really bad head injury, like a weird limb thing that happens. Or am I making that up right now? Are you thinking about corticate and decerebrate positioning? <laughs> yes, that is exactly exactly what I'm I'm speaking wow. of. Wow. Yes. I, like I am very out. impressed yeah. that you dug that one out. Guys, I'm a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> 
I feel like Marv kind of did that after the <laughs> Where he kind of put his hands to his chest a little bit and was like, Yeah, like he brought him in just a little bit and then then flumped him back out. Um, yeah, there's it's called posturing, and it's like if your brain gets injured enough or you you remove part of your hind brain from the forebrain, and I'm only saying that because I can't remember what any of the you structures are. You can localize called. the injury based on which way you're posturing. You can, but here's the main thing. If you're posturing, it's real bad. You did. <laughs> it's it's not it, it means you have a significant brain injury. And it's not gonna get better and you're not gonna get up and go beat up a child. You're definitely not gonna get up and go beat up a child. What if you're you gonna probably get up, and, get up and throw up a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's not enough vomit. No, I think there's just enough vomit. <laughs> Zero? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Uh, yeah, if you get uh, a big enough head injury, there's, you know, memory loss, nausea, nausea vomiting. Uh, you can have spinal injuries. There's there, there's so many things that could happen that there's no consequence to injury in this film. And I mean, I, that's why it's fun. But then I was also thinking, you know, as things have changed and we know more about brain injuries and we've seen some of the sort of horrible long-term effects that can happen from people who have, who have had injuries like that. Like, can you, could you make a movie like this today? Like, is it as funny to watch people just get hit in the head for 25 minutes? Yeah. <laughs> Somebody had to say it. I mean, I don't. No, like, you're right, though. You're right. And it, it's, it's different because, like, head injury stuff was not as funny to me. Getting hit in the crotch was still funny to me. Which is <laughs> the immediate next scene. Which is the, the next staple gun. Yeah. Kevin's kill count at this point, is it two or is Harry dead from hitting the car? He's not dead from hitting. I've been hit by a car before. He's fine. (laughs) Wait, hold on. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. (laughs) I think we need this story. Rewind. (laughs) (laughs) It's not a great story. I was riding my bike. I got hit by a car. It wasn't great, but I I was okay. The car was damaged. Was that when you got your AC? No, 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 no. That was was recently. (laughs) (laughs) I, I got hit by a car once too, actually, while I was on a bike. But I was riding the bike extremely slowly across the street and the car stopped at the stop sign but just rolled over the line to the mm. point that in very slow motion it knocked me off my bike. <laughs> <laughs> did you go, and no! That, it did. I was, I was in college and that was my very first day riding my new bike to school and I went home and I never did it again. <laughs> <laughs> I have not been hit by a car. I feel so left out right now. Uh, Next injury we see is going to be a much less deadly one and one that I don't think any of us are going to aspire towards. Um, And that's getting hit by a staple gun uh, in the butt, the groin, and the face. I think when this first happened, the first thing after the staple gun went off because Marv was trying to pull a doorknob all the way through and that's what fired the staple gun. And it fired. And the first thing I think Greg said was, where did that go? Yeah. Did it go right up the... It went right in the butthole, because that's the funniest. Yeah. Otherwise, it's not as funny. <laughs> it's true. And then I think we mentioned it would be funny if you got hit in the crotch, and then he turns around and immediately yeah. gets hit in the crotch. That's comedy right there. Yeah. That's comedy mm-hmm. gold. Well, and the best part was the Rube Goldberg aspect of it, too, where it spun around and it pulled the trigger itself. Yeah. Yeah, so you can tell that, that Marv's thinking is a little bit messed up, because the way he's going to put the most force behind pulling the string is putting his back to the wall and like pulling between his legs, which like, no, yeah. not a thing that people would do. No. <laughs> that's how he got, he got an old stable right up the Hershey highway. <laughs> he did a good fulcrum. Yeah. And then he got shot in the nose. And I think that made me cringe yeah. more than any of the original, the first two injuries. Well, And where it landed too. It looked like a piercing. It did. It looked like a nice. That'd be in today. Yeah, it, it would. would be. But then he, he foolishly pulled it out because it hurt. 
And it, now, do you not recommend pulling that out because of the danger or because you no longer have a badass staple piercing? The latter. Option B. It's <laughs> <laughs> like... For a lot of puncture injuries, yeah, you don't want to take it out, right? We've talked about that, I'm sure. Yeah. But this is not that type of injury. This is too small. You want to get that out. It's like if okay. you got stung by a bee, you want to lick that stinger out. Same same kind of concept. It's superficial enough that it's going to cause more. It's going to eventually go deeper because you're going to push it or whatever. Oh, so I just take it out. You want to pull it out so you can put a ring in it. <laughs> it's like, well, I got these holes. Might yeah, as well put a right ring there, in it. Yeah. What was the next injury? So the next injury we had was Harry uh, trying to climb the ladder that was soaked up and landing flat on his back. Yeah, this is this is sort of where there's some horrible like it's 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 then I start thinking about like the next worst thing other than the head injury directly because you start to get a lot of these whiplash falls where somebody like mm-hmm. falls down and then their head bounces off the ground. Um, and I think contra contra coup contra coup coup contra coup. I think Which that came up for the first time say. last Christmas. <laughs> I'm sure that it did. It, it Probably did. the paint cans. <laughs> yep, mm-hmm. it actually was paint cans, hundred <laughs> percent. Uh, but the, I mean, the thing about this sequel is it's the same movie, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, they don't really Kevin. Kevin could have just put this in Disney World and it would have been the same movie. <laughs> well, I think they call it out too. They're like, "Oh, you know, he did this to us last time." Yeah, like they're just. Is it? Don't it's you a, remember? It's a sequel. Yeah, I think that's their anterograde and retrograde amnesia from all the head injuries. Yes, but Harry and Marv both sustained like back injuries, like within the, like a minute or two of each other, right? I, yeah, Mar- Marv has the. I think he falls through the floor and yeah, then lands. There's no floor there. Lands really awkwardly, and then like he starts moving his neck around. And the captioning. <laughs> he starts moving his neck around, okay. and and so if you do have a spinal, if you have a suspected spinal injury, like if somebody fell like that, the one thing that you do is make sure they don't move their neck. Like yeah. you you forcibly hold their neck until you can get a C mm-hmm. collar on them. Um, do and- you? And because that's because if there is a fracture there and somebody moves their neck, they could sever their spinal cord or the mm-hmm. arteries or their arteries. Yeah. So even when they're in a C collar, we're still holding their neck so they can't move at all. Just to remind them, don't, don't move. move your neck. Um, also, you definitely don't want vertebrae crackles. Yeah, that's not a good thing. Because <laughs> if you watch this movie on subtitles, that's actually what it says when Marv starts uh, adjusting his back a little bit is it says vertebrae crackles. The the next injury we have is a, kind of a simple one, uh, which is Harry walking in and there's just a bunch of metal like craftsman tools in a bag that fall on his noggin. Oh, when he kicks down the like door the and it falls it on there? Yeah. Again, it's, yeah, like Courtney says, it's just like the bricks. Yeah, it's a, a recycled joke from earlier in the movie. It's very lazy. And also, these things are Three and even, a half minutes earlier. Right. <laughs> and And these are like, you know, sharp, pointy objects falling on his head. Like, this would, this would hurt so much. If you've ever, like, you know, ducked underneath a table to pick something up and misjudged putting your head back up and just, like, lightly clipped the back of your head, that, like, acute, exquisite pain that from from the back of your head is like that's what some of the worst pain you could experience and this guy has a bag of tools dropped on his head and he's like owie (laughs) (laughs) and these are like back you know when craftsman was making really 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 good tools is this movie sponsored by craftsman because there was a lot of craftsman stuff i'm telling you my dad had that toolbox this is not a how how did this movie get sponsored podcast, but <laughs> why did American Airlines sponsor a movie about a kid getting on the wrong freaking plane? 
and making it to New York. Think of that. That's American funny. Airlines. We lose your kid. <laughs> I mean, that's when they could do no wrong. It didn't matter. Yeah, we'll lose Pre-9/11. your kid. We'll lose whatever. You got no other options. You got American. You got United. Deal with it. You're right, because United is the hub of Chicago. I don't know. <laughs> I know that only because of the United Center. That's oh, always, that's, yeah, that yeah, makes sense. That's the only reason why I know that United's hubbed in Chicago. I don't know why American Airlines would do that. Probably because it's the hottest movie from the year prior. So yeah, you might as well hit your, that's true. Hit your wagon. Is it? Did it come out a year later? It came out two years later, two years. but they mentioned that it was only. I, I know. I know that, that it uh, happened last year. That it came out in 92, and the first one came out in 1990. Violence makes you age slower. Yeah. That's <laughs> true. That's true. Um, so as they were kind of working their way through the house, because I think the next thing that happens is, I think the next thing that happens is um, he gets his head set on fire. Uh, no, no, before no. that, Who we've got uh, Marv sliding into the paint cans. Oh, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. remember... Uh, Crotch injuries always funny. Exactly. When when there's a lull in the action, go for the crotch. Go for the crotch. <laughs> Give that man the ten thousand dollars. <laughs> um. Uh, so Marv gets covered in paint and then decides to go wash that paint off. Oh. And Kevin has electrocuted the taps. I I did mention one thing that was kind of I think this was not planned was how red his eyes were. <laughs> I really do think he got paint in his how eyes. How many takes do you think that was? I don't know, but his eyes were so super super red. So I really do think he got paint in his eyes, and he really did want to get to a sink to wash his eyes out because his eyes were <laughs> they looked really bad. They looked real bad, like he. They're really irritated. And and I think this is another, this next part is another confirmed kill for Kevin. Because if something ever happens to you where you can see your skull on the outside yeah. of your body, you did. But you got, what, what was the thing hooked up to? Was it just like a car battery or? It was like a generator. Oh. It was hooked up to an arc welder and he was slowly oh. turning up the power. I'm sorry, was anyone else watching this movie? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> this is the part where I literally wrote down, I wrote, if you were fighting Kevin, what what things would you need in order to be successful? Oh, do you have a list? I, I have the two things I wrote down. Number one, a helmet. <laughs> <laughs> Number two, eye protection. There's so much stuff that gets into people's eyes. Because right. he gets hit with the basically, concrete bag. That would be that's so costly. So basically OSHA. I was gonna say COVID PPE. Yeah. Well, I don't wear a helmet to work every day. He wrote, if fighting Kevin, number one, helmet. Number two, eye protection. <laughs> I mean, that would have saved a lot of bad number stuff. Number three, common sense. Gloves. No. Just don't. They had the money. Yeah. They also don't know how Polaroids work because they really wanted to get that camera. <laughs> we did. We also had that discussion. Yeah. <laughs> like, why do you want this camera back? He already has all the pictures. And. And if he would have thrown them the camera, would they have just walked away? He still has all the evidence. Yeah. Uh, Harry gets his head caught on fire was the next injury he had. Mm-hmm. I liked that part. He yeah. could have just it... taken off his freaking exactly. hat. Because his hat was the only thing on fire. The top of it was the only thing. You had that nice, thick band all the way around. You could have just grabbed it and taken it off. Yeah. Despite the fact that now we live in the times of COVID where a lot of people don't have a sense of smell, if you have enough stuff that's caustic enough to be lit on fire in an explosion it's gonna you're gonna have a smell there's nothing that's like gasoline you can smell that if you had turpentine you can smell that stuff it's he's not going to be in that room and not realize what's in that toilet bowl before he puts his head in there i think the one argument would be that whole house is under construction so there might be a lot of smells plus all the ammonia from (laughs) from all the bird droppings (laughs) (laughs) 
But yeah, he he dunks his. He does a very good uh, handstand. That's that, yeah. That's, that's that prison that's body. Say, <laughs> it is, it is. That's the reason that I thought that you know they spent their time in prison concentrating on the upper body uh, was because he did an excellent handstand over that toilet. Yeah, and then dunked his head in and it exploded. Yeah, and that that's not just Harry's dead. That's he's taken out the block, right? Kevin's exactly. dead too. I mean, it depends. And there's on, no structural depends damage. on what's in there, but he's definitely dead. There's there's no getting away with that one. Yeah, mm-hmm. we saw the flashes in every window. Yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and he he was toilet bowl zero. I'm surprised the window didn't. <laughs> it's, it's pretty much rapid fire injuries from here on out. The ladder. I got sewn or sawed, I should yep. say, and then he takes a fa- face plant. But then the we go to the point where they learn from their mistakes. I, I, I like that. Hard. When in doubt in this movie, just have them fall one more fall, floor down. Yeah. Like, that's mm-hmm. that's an okay thing to always. Everyone throw takes in. an extra story fall <laughs> the entire movie, or at least this whole kind of clip area. But then this is comes a scene where they walk up the stairs and they remember this is where paint cans come in. Yeah. This is when just, Kevin literally says, "Hey, why not take the stairs?" Yeah. Okay. And this Although is some he doesn't, lazy he doesn't use his uh, his tiger toy. Okay. It's the one time that he could have used the the more authoritative voice, but he doesn't. Uh, they would have known it was him. <laughs> They're not dumb. <laughs> <laughs> they got them all figured out. Uh, so, so in that we've got the two missed paint cans, and then. The, what do we even know what that that big bar was? Like a big it's a big pipe. pipe. Okay, big just cutting. that big piece of of cast iron pipe or whatever. Yeah, uh, that caught them both. It caught them both in the chest, right? Or did it catch him in the face? It was a chest. Oh no! It hit them in the face. That was a horrible, horrible injury. <laughs> it hit them right in the face. I mean, there was a lot of face trauma in this movie, so it's just part of it. <sighs> but it hit him in the face. They fall a story because that's what you do. Yeah, mm-hmm. why? It, it wouldn't heavy. be enough to just get hit in the face. And then they cut the, or he cuts the rope, and the pipe rolls down the stairs. That's when it hits him in the chest. I thought ah. it was a crotch. No, oh, I don't know. Somewhere in the Maybe torso. Was crotch. I was making that ooh noise, yeah. so I don't think I don't think I saw it. And then they get up, they get, and then there were, and then I blacked out a little bit because there were so many more injuries. The craftsman's chest, I think, was one. Yeah, that that was the next one, which I wrote. So so they get crushed by this huge thing of tools, which you know what. There weren't any tools in there. They were they've already been dumped on somebody's head. But that's a pretty heavy case. Um it's really just an excuse to use a nose prosthesis, but there is there's a type of injury that happens when you are when you get a crush injury, when you get a really bad crush injury and you're like if your leg gets run over by a car or if something gets like slammed in a big you know, heavy heavy door or something falls on it. Um but I could not remember what it's called and then then we started recording. The Compartment syndrome. Bam. Five, com- the five Ps. What? Pain, pallor, paresthesia. Oh, see? Pulselessness. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I forgot the fifth. P. So it's a very specific. It's, it's oh, a very specific type of secondary injury that comes from having a crush type injury. And granted, they were not they were not crushed enough to have that type of injury, that but that's what be, it made me think of. And that has to be in areas with uh, compartments. This came up in the last Home Alone episode. <laughs> of course, no, of it course, did. it did. It's the same movie. God, are we talking? I about think the other when one? we were talking about the crowbar in the chest. How many times have we talked about? The no, movie? it wouldn't no, have been that. Have in the chest. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But we have talked about this before. In your in your arms and your legs, uh, there's there's muscle groups, and those muscle groups are covered by like fibrous fascia. fascia. Fa- yeah, it's covered by fibrous tissue called fascia, um, and so if you get an injury to that. 
but the fascia doesn't break, then suddenly you have swelling in a thing that can't swell. And so then you get in that compartment. <laughs> Some might call it a compartment. Uh, yeah. So that's why it's called compartment syndrome. And I, I just, that, that fired off in my brain as they were getting crushed to death by Coleman tools or craftsman tools. Yeah, if they probably didn't have two tool sponsors on this. <laughs> Just Craftman. Sears wanted that sweet money. Sears needed that money. This was this was heyday of Sears. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's when you put your Sunday's finest and go to Sears. But there's a movie called Nothing But Trouble. And there's a very particular nose prosthetic that's in it. And I think they use the same nose prosthetic in this movie. And if you know it, then you'll know what I'm talking about. <laughs> if not, that's okay, too. My research included reading all of the imdb trivia and i think that they said that most of the crew from nothing but trouble <laughs> worked on this film no oh, no way yeah. no that yeah that was so one of, where was there a nose prosthesis when they got crushed by the tools uh-huh. they like the whole reason why they get crushed is so you can look at the camera and you can see their noses are crooked gotcha okay no um, way and i like nothing but trouble was one of my favorite movies when i was a kid it's not watchable. It's horrible. I don't understand. I watched. I must have watched it like fifty times. And it. I didn't look up the IMDb trivia. I just recognized the nose. I can't believe you actually caught something like that. That's, <laughs> I can't. That is the dumbest thing possible. You should see my drawing. <laughs> oh no, I can see your drawings. <laughs> okay, it, it wasn't nothing but trouble. Oh, but... oh that oh. that would have made me very happy. Yeah. Way to crush his dreams. Well, go back I and look know. at the nose. I think that's worth it. The nose knows. It the was nose. only the lonely. Maybe it's, we'll have someone most... from production contact us and say, actually, he's right. Yeah. I mean, uh, if you have a nose like that, you don't throw it out. You, you get it in another movie somewhere, preferably one that's PG-13. And reuse that nose. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so that's, other than, that's our next to last injury. Um, I do want to know how Kevin got so good with doorknobs and setting up that rope prop on the doorknobs there that's yeah they they even did that twice they, they did used that two twice. doorknob tricks they did the whole movie twice <laughs> but like they actually did it three place. times because they did the movie twice in the but second movie we haven't done that podcast yet no 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 i oh, mean they did it twice, did the did movie. It twice in this movie, movie. oh we're not um, touching that well who knows <laughs> i'm not coming uh, back for <laughs> <laughs> uh uh, the, the final injury for uh, until the pigeons uh, for Harry and Marv uh, is climbing up the flaming rope, and this is where I said again they were climbing climbing a rope unassisted rather than using their feet, um, just using their upper bodies. And that that's impressive. Working? Good on you guys. They can't even do that on American Ninja Warrior. Yeah, I remember when I could do that when I was in gymnastics. So that was the last time I could do that. Also, wouldn't kerosene make it slippery? Not if your burning flesh is stuck to the rope. <laughs> traction ah oh, oh, it's so much easier to climb now that my skin's fused to this rope <laughs> i wish i could let it go <laughs> so many ways um i i will say that the time i cringed the most was when the when the paint and varnish was falling on them because it was like getting in their mouth in their eyes yeah and it looked more viscous than just like prop water uh, right and i've you know if you've ever like dropped a paint can on your foot or something, it's like those are heavy. That's, that's mm-hmm. not even that's even an paint. empty paint can has a little bit of heft to it. That's a lot of paint. That's a lot of paint. <laughs> <laughs> but I did learn that birds birds love varnish. <laughs> they were all about covering them up. Oh yeah. Oh, I just realized they became the sticky bandits at the end because it all stuck on them. 
Man, that is craftsmanship. <laughs> I, I wish you could see my yeah, face because I'm literally excited. <laughs> it's like a face of wonder right now. <laughs> Whimsy and wonder that he just finally connected the dots I mean, on why they're the sticky. It's good, right? That's good, right? Glad be That's here for this. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> uh, did Kevin get a concussion? At what point? When he fell on the ice. Eh, maybe. maybe. He's bouncing. Kids, kids are more resilient. They're, all their sutures haven't necessarily fused yet. I have, I don't know the age. I should ask the people that are pediatricians that kind of that age. They should be fused. Okay. <laughs> His fontanelle has long closed. Okay. Yeah. So don't listen to me about that. Um, would pigeons eat varnish tainted yes. seed? Yes. Pigeons are flying rats. They will eat anything. So those pigeons are dead too. So Kevin is no, not necessarily. Pigeons. <laughs> pigeons can survive it. Have you ever looked at a pigeon? Have you ever seen them crawling with disease and mites and all types of stuff? And they're still Aww. just like I've never seen them crawl <laughs> with I'm a disease. Pigeon. I see them fly with disease. I've seen them crawl. No <laughs> legs, just going beak, <laughs> slugging around. Did this one get like a approval? No animals were harmed. Things like at I, the end of the film because they smacked a lot of pigeons. They did. I was not paying attention. I, to that. I wasn't either. Well, they train we they train the pigeons for that from birth. So did they fine. have those in 1990? Um, I'm not sure if they had the "Do Not Harm Animals" clip at the end. Yeah, we didn't make it through the credits for this one. <laughs> <laughs> no, the Santa Claus Two started playing, or Santa Claus One started playing. Oh, so wait, you didn't see the end of credit scene where Kevin gets the Infinity Gauntlet? <laughs> I can't believe how long I went along with that. Yeah, I was really enthralled until you said Infinity Gauntlet. You, I knew you were joking, Johnny. No, you didn't. <laughs> uh, but is there any other? Are there are there any other injuries or anything else from this movie? The the one thing that I did think about was because of all the caustic material that is either ingested or splashed into people's eyes, I looked up the poison control number, which is 800-222-1222. It's worth knowing. It's the same thing everywhere. Because uh, if, if bad stuff happens, you, that's, you may not be able to look it up. <laughs> at first, when I looked at your paper, I thought that was the Plaza Hotel's number. <laughs> <laughs> Let's all prank them. Have you guys ever called the poison control number? Yes. Pretty much on every day I work. I, I did a presentation for the poison control people in Chicago. That was it's a bunch of super smart guys sitting around pontificating about the best ways to treat horrible, purposeful and accidental injuries. And it was some of the most interesting stuff that I learned in, in medical school. I will kind of pop your bubble a little bit because during fellowship, I had to work at the poison control center. Yeah, but you weren't in Chicago. Touche. <laughs> um, but the calls that you would get were amazing, too, like. He ate rat poop from the toaster. Should we go to the hospital? Um, and it's just random things that they would yep. eat. But the number of ER visits that they save is astounding. And it was really developed for kids because kids are the ones who eat. eat rat poop from the toaster. Correct. Yeah, I, I learned not to do that when I was a kid because of a couple things that happened when I was a kid. You're like, that's not chocolate. It does not taste like chocolate. Um, but it's I, that rotation was basically just story time. It's them, you know, telling their interesting calls that they got and then explaining what they did and what the outcome was. Because not, you know, you, if you get something as specific as my kid ate rat poop from the toaster, you don't there might be other things involved there. And so not everything goes perfectly every time. And so it's a lot of them just kind of sharing these war stories so that they have different treatment options. Yep. 
and it was also on the in, other end googling everything when you call i, I would be <laughs> they do have like a database that they can type into and it'll tell them like half-life of the drug uh antidotes whether or not how long you need to observe the patient do they need to go to the hospital or anything like that so it's actually really detailed and a lot of times it's manned by pharmacists because they know their drugs it was also across the street from the Sears Tower, and so that was kind of fun to visit after my rotation. <laughs> I'm just, you know, thinking of what happens if you're at poison control and you Google something and it tells you to call, call poison Please control. call poison control. <laughs> oh, no. I'm sure that happens a lot. I think it was called like Medicall or Toxcall, I believe is what they used. Something like that. But that would be such a frightening thing to like, you're working at the poison control center, you look it up like, call poison control center. That's me. Immediately. Very often I look things up and they say, consult your medical professional. I'm like, damn. (laughs) This this is not what I looked for. I know we use it more. I I mean, I use up to date a lot. That's what keeps me up to date. Is up to date like a specific medical portal? It's like a quick, um, how do I say it? Like a reference guide. It's a, it's a clinically, it's a clinically based advice guide for doing things but it's not peer-reviewed which is a thing i didn't know but i also use it all the time because it's really convenient (laughs) it's better than wikipedia so it's better than wikipedia but worse than like dear abby (laughs) no it's better than dear Abby. it's not as good as like looking up peer-reviewed stuff on like i i think one of the problems I, I have been criticized for it, and it's like, well, in a real situation, I don't have time to read the study of what happened. I need some clinical advice about what to do. Um, I think it's the difference between sort of academic medicine and actually having like, oh, I got four patients roomed. I just need some actual answers yeah. right now. In academic medicine, there's a lot of sitting around and going, Pontific- well, actually. Pontificating. A lot of pontificating, <laughs> yeah. But you don't have time for that. You have to push your glasses up when you say it. Well, Whenever you say pontificating. Well, <laughs> exactly but i think we hit all the big points of this yeah. movie i don't have anything else i think you can cut that down to about 20 minutes <laughs> yeah well i mean th- there is uh a little bit like, hopefully cut it down to 24 uh you know in honor of the show one minute per, per minute of injury um but before we wrap things up i do have a couple important questions the human centipede bills itself as 100 percent medically accurate <laughs> If that's the case, how medically accurate is Home Alone 2 Lost in New York? I'll open it up to the floor rather than calling on So someone. I'll go first this time because oh, normally sure. I am very positive and I give high numbers and I'm going low this time. I'm going to say 23% accurate. <laughs> yeah, this is less accurate than the human centipede Way by less far. accurate than the human centipede. <laughs> I think what I'm learning is that I need to see consequence of injury. <laughs> Otherwise, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I I mean, I would go lower than 23%. Remember, Lucy was 10? Or Lucy was 10. Crank was, it, Crank was upgraded by Greg to a 1. <laughs> <laughs> Crank 2. I may throw your numbers off then, because I don't think I was here for either of those. Wait, I gave Crank a one? Oh, yeah, yeah that crank, makes sense. Crank, you gave Crank to a one after much internal deliberation. I did. I love the movie, though. It doesn't make it a bad movie. <laughs> Just don't get your medicine from it. Uh, I I mean, I, I'll, say, I'll say 15. 15%. There's too much head injury and too much recovery. I think that's fair. I, I would probably go 30. Just to be difficult. Yeah. You, you guys need to a, you also need to give an average of twenty three percent. Perfect. Exactly. It's true. It worked out. Yeah. Before we get into the, you know, how would we make it more medically accurate um, while keeping the stakes high and everything like that? 
how much would your percentages change if Harry and Marv had been wearing helmets? That's a fantastic question. <laughs> if they came in prepared for all of his stunts and just kind of took glancing damage. What did you say they needed? Helmets and oh, helmets eye protection. and eye protection. <laughs> yeah, helmets, eye protection, and knee pads. <laughs> that's, a, that's a really hard question. <laughs> We're all our brains are hurting right now. Um, how's it gonna affect the score? Yeah, would it be more medically <laughs> accurate if they'd been wearing helmets? No, that would. You know what? I would be much more willing to accept their their ability to walk away from some of those injuries. Like, I mean, it would, that's that's what a helmet's for to to protect your head from from blows to the head <laughs> and all the splash damage would be protected by the goggles yep yep but then would the movie be funny i mean they'd still oh, no. be sticky man is double dare funny yes yeah so this movie would still be funny <laughs> okay they, wipeout is funny too wipeout is funny yeah but they don't wear goggles the goggles do nothing <laughs> <laughs> they only have helmets and knee pads so i don't know what it i don't know if it would expect I mean, I, I would respect them more as criminals if they're like, hey, this kid beat the crap out of us. We're at least going to go in prepared, right? And then they can take, you know, then I, then I would give them the, the pipe to the face because it would be the only thing that actually hit him in the face as opposed to <laughs> eight bricks in a row plus, you know, whiplash and all the other nonsense. Numerous concussions. They would be real concussed. Yeah. Uh, I don't think it would affect my score. I think my, my score would go up. A lot? I'll, if nothing else changed, but like somebody CGI'd in helmets, <laughs> I protect somebody CGI'd them into double dare costumes. Yeah, I, I mean, my medical score would go up, but I think it's inversely proportional to humor, and so my funniness score would go down. My funniness but, is a but word. it would. I, how could it affect the humor? There's no consequence to any of it, so they might as well at least be protected. Protect them for another movie. <laughs> Make sure they're they're healthy enough to come back. They couldn't come back. They did. They decided three. we're not coming back. This is stupid. Yeah. Were they in Home Alone three? No. We don't know because none of us saw it. Mm. No, it's it's new everything. It's a team of three because everything's got to be a little bit more. The kids cuter and there's one more criminal. <laughs> so you have seen it. Uh, I have. I know of it. <laughs> he still has the posters. Yeah. <laughs> it's. I believe the main thing in that was his his ability to control an RC car with a camera on it, which gives him information he would not otherwise have. And it's just one of those things where like, this doesn't ha like, this doesn't exist. So like now, it now it's easy. But mm -hmm. back then when you had like a tape uh, um, camcorder on it. the Mario Kart. That's yes. true. That's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah, now it's nothing. Yeah. That's what you get for Christmas, Mario Kart. But when your RC car only runs for 10 minutes on a full charge and you have a camcorder attached to it. It's not going to go fast. It's going to putz along. Yeah. And those things are loud, too. You can't really sneak around the house. <laughs> no, you can't. Um, uh, it, is there anything you would do to make the film more medically accurate while keeping both the dramatic... Are there dramatic stakes in this film? No. Uh, while keeping the... Um, yeah, yeah, there are. those lives that... So here's how you make it more accurate. Kevin's family trip is canceled because the pianist dies in the first scene and they have to go to the funeral. Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> if only she was wearing a helmet. There you go. Helmet would have been better. <laughs> yeah, she would have been better off. Helmets. If the piano everyone. player had been wearing a helmet, everyone would have survived. Well, she would have. She would. Have. <laughs> the rest of Kevin's classmates would have died. But yeah, yeah. the homeless lady the would have died. But, from but she would have been there to play the organ at the funeral. What? Yes, she would have exactly. been there to play the organ at the funeral. <laughs> yeah, full circle. Yeah, but I got no. I got no way to make this movie more medically accurate while fixing or keeping the stakes the same way. It's it's Home Alone one, but in New York. If only it was set in Walt Disney World. And he's not even, he's not really lost in New York either. 
Yeah, he does pretty much know where he is the entire time. <laughs> You're right. I can't use that joke now with every single sequel. Yeah, it's just Home Alone 2 in New York. In New York. <laughs> yeah. He really... He's lost to his family. No, he's not. He's happy. in New York. He's literally like, wait a minute. My family's in Florida. This is going to be great. (laughs) Yeah. He really does not care. He is a terrible child. I think that's the the moral of the story. But I got nothing else. (laughs) (laughs) Wrapping it up nicely. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Well, thanks, everybody, for joining us today. And thanks, everyone, for listening. And happy holidays, everyone. Um. We'll be back next week. This is probably going to come out Christmas week, so we'll be back the week after with some non-ho-ho-ho-sember material. <laughs> I can't. I mean, uh, I like it. Yep. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye, folks. <laughs>